Well, tonight, let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 2. First, or not 1 Timothy chapter 2. I'm looking at this morning's messages. You don't want me to preach this morning's again over, do you? <laughs> no, I won't do that to you. Psalms chapter 9. Psalms chapter 9 and verse 15. The last couple of weeks we've been talking about just different cultures and showing in the Bible how there were different cultures and just uh, different, you know, idea, you know, showing the difference between the Jewish and the heathen culture, which can be compared to the Christian culture uh, and the heathen culture today. And tonight I'm going to ask a question because, you know, there's a lot of things that are said and things that we. Things, we say things all the time, but a lot of times if we think about what we're actually saying and, you know, they're not always completely accurate. And the question I want to ask you today is, is America a Christian or a heathen nation? Is America a Christian or a heathen nation? Now let's, before we get into it and answer that question, let's look at Psalms chapter 9 and verse 15. Look what it says. The heathen are sunk down in the pit that they made. In the net which they hid is their own foot taken. The Lord is known by the judgment which He executeth. The wicked is snared in the work of His own hands. I don't even know how to say that word. Hegeon Selah. I think what that basically means is just that's extra emphasis. Besides just the Selah, it's even extra emphasis. You know, He's snared in the work of His own hands. You know the trouble that we're in in America right now? We made for ourselves. We've done it to ourselves. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. For the needy shall not always be forgotten. The, ex- the expectation of the poor shall not perish forever. Arise, O Lord, let not man prevail. Let the heathen be judged in thy sight. Put them in fear, O Lord, that the nations may know themselves to be but men. Selah. Very good passage of Scripture there. And notice that says the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. And when it says they'll be turned into hell, I, I believe it means they're gonna, people in them are going to die and go to hell. I think it too could be a reference to at the end of the Armageddon when Jesus Christ judges the nations, the nations that forget God are going to be turned into hell. And so, a uh, very, very interesting passage of Scripture. And then that brings the question, okay, well, where do we fit in this? Is our nation one of those nations that's forgotten God? Are we there yet? Because on one hand, there's a lot of good things that you can say about this country, for sure. I mean, thank God there are a lot of Christian people in this country. There's a lot of saved people. There's a lot of good that goes on in this country. You know, if you watch the news media, you won't think that because the news media just focuses completely on the negative and on the scum of the earth. And that's sad. But right now, what are we? And the truth is, I believe that we did begin as a Christian nation. I don't think it takes a whole lot of studying in history to see that, you know, our, that, you know, we were founded as a Christian nation. However, I do not believe that all of our founding fathers were saved. And remember how we've been talking about that Christian culture and that Jewish culture, how even though people were Jews by nature, not all of them were saved, were they? And we talked about how someone who was saved out of the Jewish culture, they had an easier time than a Gentile that was saved out of a heathen culture because they already followed a lot of the laws and things. And in America, in our early days, we had a very Christian culture. There's no doubt about that. 
Our culture was very religious. I mean, people believed in God. They went to church. They believed the Bible. There's no doubt about that. However, that doesn't mean they were all saved. I mean, we don't have time to go into a lot of the history of the Baptist history in America, but if you study some Baptist history in America before 1776, there was a lot of Baptists that were killed for their faith. A lot of Baptists that were beaten because they took stands against things like infant baptism. Them Puritans, they were mean. You study them Puritans and the Quakers and things, um, while they had a very Christian culture, I don't believe a lot of them were saved. And when you study our founding fathers, I think it's the same thing. They were very Christian in their culture, but many of them, I do not believe, were saved. You know, and for example, did you know that Thomas Jefferson made his own Bible? Now he didn't call it a Bible. He didn't really call it a Bible, but I was reading something about that, but it says Jefferson wrote something that Jefferson wrote, Thomas Jefferson. Jesus did not mean to impose Himself on mankind as the Son of God. He called the writers of the New Testament ignorant and unlettered men who produced superstitions, fanaticisms, and fabrications. He called the Apostle Paul the first corrupter of the doctrine of Jesus. He dismissed the concept of the Trinity as mere abracadabra of the mountbacks calling themselves the priests of Jesus. He believed that the clergy used religion as a mere contrivance to filch wealth and power to themselves and that in every country and in every age the priest has been hostile to liberty. And he wrote in a letter to John Adams that the day will come when the mystical generation of Jesus by the supreme being as his father in the womb of a virgin will be classed with the fable of the generation of Minerva in the brain of Jupiter. So, you know, that's Thomas Jefferson. Now, we love talking about what a great Christian he was. You know, we don't like to bring up the slave woman that he had children with, which was not very Christian, was it? Okay? And, you know, we don't like to bring up those things. We don't like to bring up that many of our founding fathers belonged to the Freemasons. George Washington, Robert Payne, John Sullivan, John Hancock, James McHenry, John Glover, Henry Knox, Jacob Broom, John Fitzgerald, Richard Montgomery, Gunning Bedford, Daniel Carroll, William Whipple, John Dixon, and Benjamin Franklin, among others. And you study the Freemasons, they're a pretty satanic group, I think it would be an accurate way to put it. So, you know, and then you know, you talk about us oh no, America's not a Christian, you know, wasn't founded as a Christian nation because and they'll bring those things up about Thomas Jefferson about George Washington. And you can, you can find a lot of stuff about those guys that shows that many of them probably weren't saved. But they were Christian in their culture. And we need to understand that Christian principles will only work for so long when people don't have Christ in their hearts. It will only work for so long. That's why many children who grow up in Christian homes that are surrounded in Christian culture end up going into the world after they grow up and they graduate from high school because they never got saved. And just those Christian principles, that Christian culture, it's not going to keep them straight. They've got to have Christ in their hearts. And we see that Israel, they constantly got themselves in trouble even though they were Israel. Even though they were God's chosen people because it's clear in the Old Testament that many of them were not true believers. And I believe in America, we started with Christian principles There's no doubt about that. 
But unfortunately, I think early America was probably populated by fewer saved people than we think. Especially in our government, I think there was probably fewer than we think. A lot of them guys, when you study, they were they were kind of the elitist group. They were the big money. They were very powerful. And I'm not trying. I'm not trying to bash them. I'm just stating facts about these guys. They were kind of elitist. And look at the elitist throughout time. Are they usually saved? Look at the elitist in Jesus' day. Were those people saved? No. And it was very rare that any of them did. Even guys like Nicodemus, too, had been one of them. You know, he came to Jesus by night. You know, there was guys like Joseph of Arimathea, who was kind of a secret disciple of Jesus Christ, another man of wealth. Those people usually aren't saved. There are exceptions, and some are, and I believe some of our founding fathers were. But most of them, but at the same time, while I would say, yeah, probably a lot of them weren't saved, I will say, though, that they were Christian in their culture. But being Christian in your culture will not get you to heaven. And just like Israel got in trouble because they didn't believe God, I believe America is becoming a heathen nation more and more all the time. I mean, look at what happened to Israel when they forgot God. How wicked they get. We don't have time to go into all the Scriptures, but there were many times where God talked about the different kings like Manasseh and said he did worse than the heathen. He was always comparing those kings to the heathen. Some, they were like the heathen. And then there was Manasseh who was even worse than the heathen. I believe one of the reasons he was worse than the heathen is the heathen didn't have the law of God, and so they did the things that they did. But Manasseh did have the law of God and still was absolutely wicked. So, and the Bible tells us that this is going to, this was going to happen. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. And I want to, there's sometimes some questions that can come up with this passage of Scripture, and I hope I can explain this to you and make it clear. It says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto Him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, is that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he is God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. We see that before the day of the Lord comes, before the day of Christ comes, there's going to be a falling away. A great falling away that's going to take place the Bible said it was going to happen. And people get confused at that. And when you start talking about that as an end times thing and how the Antichrist is going to lead many people astray, then it's people are like, well, wait a minute. If they're saved, people can't fall away from salvation. They can't lose their salvation. And I don't believe it's talking about individuals here, but it's talking about a people in plural or a nation. And I believe that the spirit of Antichrist that's already at work that we see in the Bible, I believe it is causing people to fall. He's causing nations to fall away. It's causing, you know, I believe, I believe there's a falling away in America right now. Does that mean saved people are losing their salvation? No. Saved people are staying saved. Saved people will always stay saved, stay saved. But as a whole, I believe we are definitely falling away. Look at what's been going on in Europe for the last several years. 
I mean, barely anybody even goes to church of any kind in Europe anymore. I mean, back in the 1800s, some of the greatest revivals took place over there. You look at places like England that used to send missionaries over to America. Now, barely anybody goes to church of any kind in England. Why? Because England is falling away. There is a falling away there. And I believe in America, there is a falling away going right now. Nobody's losing their salvation, but I believe our country is falling away. And our culture is going downhill real fast. And we are turning into a heathen, I believe we're turning into a heathen nation, or we might even already be there. And listen, I'm just going to tell you, I do still think America is the best out there. If I thought there was a better country, I might try to figure out a way to move there. But I don't know of any. Because the whole world is falling into wickedness. I mean, we are getting closer and closer to that time when the Antichrist is finally going to be revealed. That time is coming soon, I believe. And so, what does a heathen nation look like? When can we say we're there, we're a heathen nation? What does a heathen nation look like? Well, I believe if we look at the Bible, we can find out exactly what it looks like. Go to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 15. Huge sign right here of a heathen nation. This is what it looks like. Look at verse 15 of Matthew 18. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Right here we see Jesus Christ showing the authority that the church has, that he is given to the church. And when it, if you are a saved person, if you have a problem, if you have a dispute with another brother in Christ, you ought to be able to take care of it yourselves. If you can't, you ought to be able to take care of it with some of the elders in the church. If you can't take care of it with some of the elders in the church, you ought, the church ought to be able to take care of it. You bring it before the church. But if somebody won't listen, you know what the Bible says? Treat him as a heathen. And you know what that means? You're going to have to take him to the heathen court. The worldly court. Because he won't listen to the church. And who recon- I mean, what people recognize the authority of a church anymore? Look how, and look how quickly people are to running to the lost judges, the worldly court system. Look at how many people... I mean, people will not submit to... Church, if there was some kind of dispute and people don't get what they want, what are they going to do? They're going to go right to the worldly court system. Why? Because they're lawless people. We're not able to make people do what they're supposed to do anymore, are we? We can't do it. Why? Because people won't submit. The Bible says that we ought to submit. You know, ye younger, submit yourself and the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. But the church literally has no authority anymore. Everybody uses. The worldly system for everything. And you know what? When you look, if you look in the Old Testament, let me ask you this question. 
Does it, can anybody remember any jails in Israel? I might think of jails in Israel. Now, there was a time when there were jails in Israel. And that would be during Jesus' time, right? John the Baptist got thrown in prison, right? But who was in control then? The Romans were. Did you know that in the Bible, prison was always a heathen nation thing? It was the heathens that did prisons. That God never told the Jews about prison. You know what? If the Jews did something that was really bad, like kill somebody, you know, rape, things like that, they would be put to death, right? If there was other things, they would lay stripes on them. And then there were some things they would have to repay fourfold for stealing and things. And then sometimes if it was manslaughter, they have to go to a city of refuge. They never had prisons where they just locked people up and made them sit and rot until they died. But heathen nations did that. Paul and Silas, they got thrown into a prison, didn't they? But was it Jews that put them in there? No, it was, it was ones that the heathen nations had. Heathen nations have always had prisons. And look at our, the prison system in America today. I mean, the prison population in our country today is growing and growing and growing. And that is something that's right out of heathen nations. We don't see prisons taught in the Bible. God did not set up a prison system. Where, think about this too. Where in the Bible do you, do you ever see God instituting anything like policemen? Now, He had those who would administer punishments. He had those that if there was somebody that did leave the city of refuge, you know, they could go and they could slay them. You know, they had judges. They had executioners. But did they have people standing around preventing crimes before they happened? Absolutely not. They didn't, they didn't have that. They didn't do those things. But heathen nations, they had soldiers all over the place, didn't they? They used soldiers. We're, you know, we're scared of using soldiers in America today. We don't, they don't like using military presence in our country. That freaks people out. So we just use cops. And look at the way the police population is growing. We need more and more police all the time. And the more wicked, or wicked the areas that you go to, the more police presence that they have. And you know, as bad as that's getting in America, it's still not as bad. I haven't been to too many countries, but when I was in Israel, soldiers everywhere. Toting machine guns. Why? Israel, I'm sorry, I know people call it the Holy Land, but that place is wicked. I mean, it is wicked over there. I mean, Tel Aviv, Israel, there's like more homosexuals over there than just about any, any place in the world. I mean, Israel, it is not a Holy Land anymore. I, I mean, it's really... Pretty bad, I think, to even call it that. It's wicked over there. And proof of that is all the soldiers all over the place. The police presence that they have. And those are all heathen nation things. And people, they don't recognize the authority of the church. People cannot govern themselves in heathen nations. Israel never had prisons. You know, the secular court systems, or heathen nations do need those secular court systems. I'm not saying we need to get rid of prisons right now. I'm not saying we need to get rid of police right now or secular courts. You know why? Because we live in a heathen nation. We have heathens running amok all over the place. We would be in big trouble without police, wouldn't we? Why? Because there's nobody that would be executing these people committing the crimes. 
We would be a heathen nation because we're not teaching anybody the law of God. So how are they going to learn to behave themselves and do the right thing? We're not teaching them the Ten Commandments. They're just a law unto themselves. Whatever they can take, they're going to get. That's what heathen people do. I mean, court systems. I said we can't make people do things anymore, can we? You know why? Because even churches today are full of a bunch of heathens that will not listen to people in the church. They won't listen to the Word of God. And so you know what you have to do? You have to take them into a heathen court where a heathen judge can send them to a heathen prison where they will be treated like a heathen. And God didn't set any of that up, but yet it's getting bigger and bigger in our country today. You know, in the Bible, there's magistrates and things that they would mention, and you know, it was probably similar to a police, but there weren't a lot. The days of just the Sheriff Andy Taylor are pretty much over in most of this country. There are still some places, there are some small towns where people don't even they don't even have a police station. Those towns are quiet, they take care of themselves, they don't have any problems, and they don't have police. And that's great. Thankfully there are still some of those places, but they're becoming fewer and fewer because we are turning more and more into a heathen nation. And as the heathen population grows, the number of police and prisons will continue to grow. And it is growing at an alarming, alarming rate. And so, a portrait of a heathen nation, they're populated by people who must be governed by a secular government. Unfortunately, we can't make people do. We we can't make people go out and get a job and provide for their family. We can't make husbands be faithful to their wives. We can't make them, you know, take care of their kids and provide for their families. We can't do that. And you know what does the Bible say about a man who doesn't take care of his own house? He's denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Somebody who's without God, without religion, the and Boy, look at how common that is in our country today. In our own area, we've got a bunch of heathens around that don't take care of their kids. That don't fulfill their responsibilities. And some judge has to tell them what to do all the time. Probably a heathen judge. And that's that's just too bad. But also we see about heathen nations is they are disgusted by God's people. Go to Joel chapter 2 and verse 19. It says, Yea, Lord, I will answer and say unto His people, Behold, I will send you corn and wine and oil, and ye shall be satisfied therewith, and I will no more make you a reproach among the heathen. I will no more make you a reproach among the heathen. Why would He say that? Because the heathen nations hated them. And you know what? We're becoming less and less popular in our country, aren't we? You know, when our military puts evangelical Christians on a list of you know religious extremists, when they put us in a category with terrorists, you know, like radical Islam and all these things, it sounds like we're a bit of a reproach, aren't we? I mean, you see the horrible things that are said and the ways that people even look at church anymore. And I mean, it's... It, it's seeming more and more common. Like I said, you can go and just try to invite somebody to your church and get cussed out. Why? We're a reproach to them. They don't. People, heathens, do not like what we do. 
There are heathens out there that cannot stand the fact that a church is tax-exempt. And some of those heathens are politicians, elected officials, and they're full-fledged heathens that can't stand Christians, they can't stand Christian principles, they can't stand having any Bible in the public school, they're sickened by it, they're disgusted by it. Why? Because they are heathens. we just got to recognize what these people are. When our president gets up and he mocks the Sermon on the Mount like he did years ago, he obviously does not, he's, does not like the Bible. When he can mock it the way he does, when he talks about you know religious people like these bitter people that cling to their guns and their God, I think we are reproached a little bit, don't you think? It seems like he is disgusted by us. And we see in the Bible that the heathen were disgusted by God's people. Therefore, I think it's safe to say our president is a heathen. If he doesn't like God's people, if he makes fun of God's Word, that's what heathens do. It's all over the Bible. There's many examples we can look at. The heathens wanted Israel removed from their sight. They don't want to see us. They don't want to be reminded of us. That's why the more moderate politicians are okay with us doing our own thing. They're okay. Yeah, you can have your tax exempt. You can have your churches. You can have your religion. Just don't try to shove it down anybody's throat. Just keep it to yourself. Don't discriminate against any other religions. Don't say that your way is the only way. In other words, telling us lie to people because you know that they don't want to see us. Oh, fine, you can be there, but just don't make me look at you. And that's how they feel about it. Heathens are all for diversity as long as it doesn't include true Christianity. In Esther chapter 3, verse 8, y'all remember Haman who wanted to exterminate all the Jews? Basically, an Adolf Hitler of that time. Haman said unto King Ahasuerus, There is a certain people scattered abroad and dispersed among the people in all the provinces of thy kingdom. Hey, there's Christian people scattered abroad. We're dispersed all over the place, aren't we? I saw a news thing one time and they were criticizing IFB churches and like there's, there's one of these in almost every town. Just, isn't that horrible? Reproach. You know why she said that? She was a heathen. That's why she said that. They're scattered among, dispersed among all the people and all the provinces of thy kingdom and their laws are diverse from all people. Neither keep they the king's laws, therefore it is not for the king's profit to suffer them. Now let me ask you, during that time, when it was uh, under the world was under Persian reign, was he saying that all people's laws were just like Persia's, except for the Jews? No, all those other places. I'm sure they all had their own laws and things that they did. I'm sure they were all different. They were all they were all diverse, and they all respected each other. But when it came to the one true faith of that time. Theirs is different than all the rest of the world. And you know what we got to do? We got to get rid of them. And you know what our news media? Oh, they're okay with you being Muslim. Our president, he can just, he cannot bring himself to talk about, you know, radical Islam. You know, we can't say anything negative against Islam. I mean, he just can't bring himself to do it, but he can mock the words of Jesus Christ. How is that? Oh, we need to respect these people. We need to be inclusive. You know, we need to be respectful to, to all the religions. But he, can you imagine if he got up and mocked the Prophet Muhammad like that? 
He'd never do that. But He did to the one true God because diversity is fine unless it includes truth. Hey, as long as we're all wrong, that's great. That's wonderful. But they just can't stand that one in there that's right. And that is a sign of a heathen nation. They are disgusted by God's people. So they cannot be governed. They cannot be ruled by the church. They're disgusted by God's people. Also, this is another thing that heathen nations do. Look at 2 Kings chapter 16. 2 Kings chapter 16. And there's a lot of examples we could go to in the Bible in this. I'm just going to go to one. Twenty years old was Ahaz when he began to reign. And he reigned sixteen years in Jerusalem and did not that which was right in the sight of the Lord his God like David his father. But he walked in the ways of the kings of Israel, yea, and made his son to pass through the fire according to the abominations of the heathen whom the Lord cast out from before the children of Israel. You know what the heathen nations did? They sacrificed their children to false gods. You say, well, we don't do that in America. Oh, really? then what are these abortion clinics all over the place? Abortion clinics. What are all these pharmacies all over the place where you can take pills to kill the baby that's inside your womb? What do you call that? Obviously, that's a little prettier than you know, burning them in the fire, I guess. But it's the same thing. You're killing them and you're taking a human life. And what's the... So, well, it's not, we're not doing it to false gods. Oh, really? Well, I think... I, call, I would think money... Is a God. Oh, I can't afford to have this baby. I would have to give up my cigarettes. I would have to give up my playing the lotto. I'd have to give up my drinking and my partying. No, they want that money so bad, they will sacrifice their children to the God of money. Well, or maybe I don't want to ruin my figure. I don't want to harm my body. You know, it's my body, therefore it's my choice. Vanity. Sacrificing their children to the God of vanity. And listen, you can say, well, that not everybody does it, but yet it is the law of the land. It is the law of the land. I remember listening to Ted Kennedy just flip out one time because when President Bush was in office, he one of the justices he was appointing, everybody knew that they were against abortion. And he's like, that's the law of the land. It's the law of the land. And you know what? He was right. It is the law of the land. But it's a bad law. And it's a heathen law. And it's barbaric. It's disgusting. And people that do that are heathens that despite what America says, what the law of America is, are murdering according to the law of God. And there's no two ways about it. That is just about as heathen as you could possibly get. And they've been, they've been sacrificing babies since the beginning of time, and we're sacrificing babies in America today, heathen nations have always done it. So, I'm afraid that we we fit that. We also see that heathen nations they they are very idolatrous and they pursue vanity. Look at Second Kings chapter 17. Second Kings 17 verse 7 says. For so it was that the children of Israel had sinned against the Lord their God, which had brought them up out of the land of Egypt from under the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and had feared other gods, and walked in the statutes of the heathen, whom the Lord cast out from before the children of Israel and all the kings of Israel which they had made. And the children of Israel did secretly those things that were not right against the Lord their God, and they built them high places in all their cities, from the tower of the watchmen to the fence city, 
And they set them up images and groves in every high hill and under every green tree. And there they burnt incense in all the high places, as did the heathen whom the Lord carried away before them and wrought wicked things to provoke the Lord to anger. For they served idols, whereof the Lord had said to them, Ye shall not do this thing. Yet the Lord testified against Israel and against Judah by all the prophets, by all the seers, saying, Turn ye from your evil ways and keep My commandments and My statutes according to all the law which I commanded your fathers, which I sent to you by My servants the prophets. Notwithstanding, they would not hear, but hardened their necks like to the neck of their fathers. They did not believe the Lord their God. And they rejected His statutes and His covenant that He made with their fathers and His testimonies which He testified against them. And they followed vanity and became vain and went after the heathen that were round about them concerning whom the Lord had charged them that they should not do like them. You see, they one of the things they did in this passage, they became idolatrous. They served idols. And the Bible says when they were doing that, they were pursuing vanity. Okay? They're pursuing vanity. You know, vanity, I mean, it's something that's just empty. There's nothing to it. And listen, we don't build idols and statues and pray to them today, but understand that during that time, they didn't have a whole lot, did they? And building some big idol and statue, I mean, that was, that was something impressive back then. That was something to take pride in, to be proud of. You know, look at this gigantic statue. You know, the bigger the idol, you know, the bigger of a deal you appear to be. The more valuable the stone that it was cut from, you know, the richer you appeared to be. But at the same time, what did that idol do? What did it accomplish for him? Absolutely nothing. It had eyes, but it couldn't see, ears, but it couldn't hear, and so on. And we see in America today, our idols are cars, houses, entertainment centers. Okay? That's we are in America today, people are so caught up in accumulating wealth accumulating things for the sole purpose of impressing other people. I mean, they, they, they can't go to church. They've got to work too hard. They've got to work too many days to make sure they can pay for all their junk that's just meant to make them look better than everybody else. They can't give to the work of God because they're too busy trying to make sure they can drive a nicer car than everybody else. Idolatry. Just trying to impress people that don't care. I mean, just sacrificing their eternal soul for a television program. I can't go to church on Sunday night. That's my favorite show's on on Sunday night. You know, I can't give in the offering. If I did that, I wouldn't be able to afford this, or I wouldn't be able to afford that. I'd have to get the you know 200 channel package instead of the 300 channel package that I have with the satellite. I mean, it's just amazing the things Americans throw their money away on that is absolute vanity. Why do they do that? Heathens. That's just what heathens do. They have nothing else. I mean, really, if you stop and think about it, if you're a heathen and you don't believe in God, you don't believe you have an eternal soul, you don't believe in heaven or hell, what else do you have? You might as well try to impress everybody with your houses and cars and things. You might as well. You've got nothing else when you're a heathen. I mean, and we wonder why the heathen are so miserable. We wonder why they're drunk all the time. We wonder why they do drugs all the time. They have nothing and their whole life is pursuing nothing. Profile of a heathen. They have 
Absolutely nothing. Just imagine what it was like back in those days. You know, the things that we know about those people and those cultures. And you look and you see, I mean, you think about in ancient Egypt, those pyramids and some of those, you know, gigantic carvings and things they made that they did on the back of slaves. I mean, these slaves, their whole lives are pretty much just working to make some king look powerful. So he could look great. Working hours and hours in the hot sun so he could they could make a statue of some other guy. And you know what a lot of Americans are working for today? And you know why our our president and our former president was always encouraging people to go out, you know, and make more and your husband's wife, get a job, get two jobs. They want you making more money because the more money you make, the more you get taxed. And the more taxes people are paying, well that's more they can do to build their empire. And what do we do? We've got, just like they had those heathen slaves back then, you know, helping those heathen kings. That's what people are doing in America today. I mean, look how much time is spent working to pay their taxes so we can have prisons. So we can have policemen. So I'm not saying let's get rid of prisons and policemen. I'm not bashing policemen tonight. I'm saying we shouldn't even need them. If we had a Christian culture, we wouldn't need them. You know, I'm th- I, don't, I never call the police. I, I, the only time I've ever called the police for anything is because I knew I would get in trouble if I dealt with things the way things need to be dealt with. When there was you know, people here messing around at the church, well, you know, back in the old days, I could have hung out here. I could have you know, had a gun or a baseball bat or something, I could have taken care of the people and they never would have done it again. But now what do you think would happen if I did that? If I beat the snot out of somebody that needed it, that had it coming, somebody that was trespassing. Well, I'm going to go to jail. And they're heathen jail. And I'm not a heathen and I don't want to go there. So, you know, sometimes you do. Because we live under heathen law, we have to use them. And every time I have ever called a policeman for anything, it was only because... I live under heathen law and I was trying to protect myself from the heathen system. And I, I, I don't need to use them for stuff. And I th- it's, I said, as things get worse, we're going to have to have more and more of that. They're going to want more and more control. We're going to have less and less privacy because a heathen people cannot be trusted with freedom. A heathen people are always going to misuse it. They're going to abuse it. And they lose it all the time. And that's why we're losing our freedom in our country because we have a greater and greater percentage of our population that are full-fledged heathen. And so, we need to remember that. That's why we need a revival in this country. But then the last thing that we see about heathen nations, they fear superstition and things in nature more than they fear God. Look at Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 2. Well, there's a lot of verses we could look at in this. We don't have time to. But it says, Thus saith the Lord, Learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of, the he- of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. What is our country obsessing about today? Global warming. What are we doing to the planet? We're destroying Mother Earth. Did you know that the worship of the planet has always been associated with witchcraft. Witchcraft, I'm telling you, this 
environmental movement that's going on is full-fledged witchcraft. And you know what? Our government is promoting it like crazy. And if you go in the public schools, they've got all this save the earth stuff all over the place. I mean, our government talks about it all the time. It's on all the television programs. And even churches sometimes are getting caught up in this. Let's save the planet. Let's protect our environment. When as a Christian, why would we panic about that? We know what Bible prophecy says. We know how things are going to end. We are not going to destroy this planet from fossil fuels. It's just not going to happen. This planet is going to burn one of these days. And I'm not worried about that either because I know that it has been appointed by God. It's going to happen not because you know we're greedy in our use of fossil fuels, but because of man's sin. But yet, nobody wants to talk about that. You know, If they're worried about the earth burning, you know what they need to do? They need to tell America, hey, we need to get right with God. You all need to get saved. You need to turn from your sins. Well, you need to straighten up your act. But nobody's bringing that up, are they? It's all save the planet. Go green. Go green. Witchcraft, 100%. Dismayed at the signs in the heavens. you got Al Gore making movies, getting everybody in a panic. Why? Because he's a heathen. And so he's going to get people caught up in that. They did it back then, and they're doing it today. We've just made it a little prettier. We've made it sound good. And the Bible says not to be dismayed by those things. Listen, I don't care how many of these trendy-ish Christians get caught up in this let's save the planet, let's go clean up our streets and help our communities, help the environment. I don't care how many of them get caught up in that. Not going to do it. I'm not saying go throw garbage out in the ground. We need to keep things clean because it's nice having clean streets, isn't it? It's nice being clean. I don't want to be breathing smoke from the neighbors all the time. Like today, <laughs> I, I, that, you know, some of that's kind of annoying. I'm not talking about being irresponsible, but I'm not going to be dismayed at the signs in the heaven. I'm not going to be dismayed at whatever the CO, how much CO2 or whatever that is. I don't understand that stuff, brother Eric. You could probably you know, know a lot more about that stuff than I do in the weather. I'm not dismayed at that. I'm not worried about you know polar vortex. Is this starting something that's going to send us into another ice age? You know, I'm not going to worry about the polar ice caps melting. The heathen can panic about that all they want, and they are. Boy, they're wailing and they're obsessing about it. And it's because they're heathens. And that is what a heathen nation does. And we're not going to do that. The worship of the planet, it's growing. The environmental movement in the old days, it was known as witchcraft. And I think it's just time we start calling to that, that again. We might as well call Al Gore a witch or a warlock, I guess, since he's a male. <laughs> that, it's the same thing, folks. Worshiping this planet, it is, it is witchcraft. The Bible said, do not be dismayed. The heathen are, we're not supposed to be. And I, we don't need to be acting like heathens. There's no denying that the American culture is turning more and more into a pure heathen culture. Our only hope, it's revival. And I think churches, they need to stop wasting time trying to figure out where they fit in when it comes to the American culture. We've got there's a lot of Baptist preachers today that are trying to find ways, you know, we where you know, where can we fit in government? And they're always trying to, you know, team up with these people and taking great hope in, you know, the Rand Pauls and the Ted Cruises and, and listen, those guys are pretty good. All right, there's some of them that aren't that bad. But the truth is, in our government, we don't fit in anywhere, not without great, great compromise. And the truth is as Christians, instead of taking pride in our American culture, 
why don't we take pride in our Christian culture? Why don't we take pride in the fact that we are citizens of Israel? Go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. I'll close with this passage of Scripture here. For by grace are ye saved through faith. For it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Boy, we all know that verse, don't we? We all love that verse. Let's keep reading. For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye are without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That's where we used to be, folks. Before you were saved, you were a heathen. Even if you were in a Christian culture, before that, you were a stranger. You were an alien from the commonwealth of Israel. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ, for He is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in His flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in Himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that He might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off, and to them that were nigh. For through Him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Now therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone. You know, if we're going to take pride in our heritage, I think we need to take pride in the fact that we are citizens of Israel. So does that mean we're going to get an Israeli flag? No. No, we don't need a flag with the star of Rimfan on it. We don't need that. If we, if we want a symbol, it's the Word of God, correct? It's the Word of God. It's the cross of Christ. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. Because that's what made us be able to be a, a fellow citizen. The blood of Jesus Christ. And that is our symbol. And I like what that says. You know, the book, the blood, and the blessed hope. That, this is our symbol blood of Christ, and we're looking forward to the coming of Christ to come and get us and take us to our heavenly home. We sang in church this morning, this world is not my home. You know, I'm glad I'm a citizen of America legally and physically than any other nation in the world. I can't, I said, I've looked into other countries and I don't want to go to any of them. I like it better here than anywhere else, but I tell you, I don't take pride in that. If I'm Ultimately, my loyalty is to my heritage with Jesus Christ. And I thank God that I am not some stranger and foreigner anymore, that I am a fellow citizen. And heaven is my true home. And it's where I belong. And in the meantime, I'm here and I'm not supposed to fit in. I'm supposed to try to recruit as many people as I possibly can to be a part of that with us. And so with that, I want us to all